Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love typing. Not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yes! Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zorel. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And we are live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel to discuss and review the first two episodes of the new animated series, My Adventures with Superman, with the episodes titled Adventures of a Normal Man, Parts 1 and 2. We'll have to discuss why we chose to review what seems like on the surface is a Superman TV show and uh, maybe not related to Supergirl at all, but we will dig into all of the Supergirl and very specifically, I want people to know Supergirl radio connections to my adventures with Superman that made us want to cover this show for the podcast. Cause I think people would be like, why, why Superman show? Well, we, we have lots of reasons actually for why Supergirl <laughs> Our reasons are many <laughs> <laughs> to, to cover this podcast. We talked it over where originally we were just going to do like a pilot pod and then, the more that like things started uh, coming out and actually seeing it uh, for ourselves, I think we started to realize, oh, there's much more here than originally realized. So we're going to be talking about uh, My Adventures with Superman all the way through its run, whether it has six episodes, 10 episodes, however many. We're not sure yet, (laughs) but we're going to be excited to find out. (laughs) (laughs) So we're a little confused on whether uh, it's going to have six or 10 episodes a season, but uh, we will be staying with it and watching it till the season ends. Uh, But before we get to that discussion, uh, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, how about you give this uh, stream a like? And if you haven't subscribed to the DC TV podcast YouTube channel, I know there's some people who watch these videos and they haven't yeah. subscribed. But I mean, why not? Why I, not? <laughs> I think you should subscribe and like the video if you can. That would help us out a lot. So we would appreciate it. Um, so go ahead and do that. Uh, but now I think uh, we should get to the news. Yep, we should. And <laughs> we, we, we haven't streamed in like three weeks for a little rushy. We should get to the news. That's correct. Um, <laughs> according to Deadline.com, Warner Brothers and DC Studios have their new Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Oh, wow. We haven't streamed in a while, have we? Uh, <laughs> we got to catch up. Oh, oh, no. Rebecca, David. Cor- Corn Sweat? Is, is his name, first name. I think it's Corn Sweat. Corn sweat? Corn sweat? I, yeah. I think it's like corn, like corn on the cob, and then sweat like you sweated at the gym. Okay. Yeah, I, I buy that. Which Let's sounds gross, but it, I think it's corn sweat. 
<laughs> David Cornsweat has been set to play. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> and then I just went in there and I did it. Uh, <laughs> has been set to play Superman while Rachel, uh, I be- believe it's Brosnahan. Brosnahan seems right. Yeah. It seems correct. I don't have a trick to remember that one. <laughs> I, I don't either. Uh, as I don't for any name, it turns out, uh, is set uh, on board to play Lois Lane. Uh, in James Gunn's Superman Legacy. Uh, The decision comes after the two were among the few selected to test in front of DC co-chairs Peter Safran and Gunn, who was directing, in full costume and makeup for the parts. The test took place over two days with the men. One of the days saw the three actors in full Superman attire. Uh, Superman Legacy... Actually, hang on. Why is three actors? Did I miss part of that article? I, I assume maybe they brought three actors in to test oh, the, the three. Uh, yes, okay. And then the other guys were just like, "Well, I guess I got to wear the suit." <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that's gotta, that's got to be like a like a hit to the old self esteem, right? You're yeah. like, I, I was in the suit. I feel really good about it. <laughs> and then then they're like, "Wait, how how is it pronounced? Corn sweat? That's not me." Uh, <laughs> so thoughts and prayers to the other actors who tried but did not succeed. Uh, um, it it goes on to say, "Superman Legacy has been set for a worldwide release on July 11th, 2025." Although, let's be honest, no, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go out. I'm gonna get out, go out on a limb here. I'm out on this limb. No, no way, no way, <laughs> no way. With two active strikes in the entertainment industry, is that movie coming out uh, in two years? Yeah, even with the writer strike, the uh, James Gunn had already finished the screenplay. I think, from what I understand, yeah. So you could kind of be like, okay, maybe they could still do it. But as soon as SAG AFTRA struck, it was like, nah. Yeah, actors <laughs> nah, it's not, not it's not happening. Actors are not participating. Uh so uh yeah, that's a little disappointing because it will if Superman Legacy and the reason that we're talking about the new DCU Superman is because he would be connected to the DCU Supergirl who would be popping up in Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, who we care about quite a bit. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we are kind of dependent on this full movie slate uh, moving at the, the at the pace that it initially was planned to so that we can see our Supergirl movie. But I think that we're going to need to adjust our expectations on timing. <laughs> <laughs> initially, we were going to wait like maybe... I would imagine like four years, maybe two yeah. years after Superman Legacy. Now I feel like it's going to turn into like four or five, maybe. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. And that's only if Superman Legacy is successful. Because oh, if, yeah. if it's a big flop. Listen, what's going to David, happen? Rachel, if you're listening, I know you're going to do great. You have to do great. A lot of riding <laughs> on this. We really want that Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow movie. It's been promised to us. Don't let them take it away. Don't let them take it away. <laughs> don't let them take Comet the Super Horse away don't, from us. Don't you let them do this to us. <laughs> <laughs> we have been waiting for a live action depiction of Comet the Super Horse for such a long time. You have no idea. You have no idea how deep in this we are. <laughs> uh, oh, I see. Lindsay in the chat says... 
even without the strikes, it was not going to be ready in 2025, <laughs> which I feel also, I remember when we read that full slate of uh, the, the James Gunn, like, so the new DCU. And I think we were questioning like 2025 seems a little aggressive, doesn't like, it? You, like, you need to get on it. <laughs> you need to really start working. Like at that point, they hadn't cast anyone. They were like, in two years. It's like, with what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I I haven't seen either of these actors in anything, but, uh, you know, uh, I think they look the part, at least. I don't know much about their acting, but they certainly look the parts. I will say I have seen Rachel Brosnahan, if that is how you pronounce her last name, I'm not sure. Uh, She is the lead actress in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Which I've heard is very good. Yeah, which I, I watched a couple episodes of season one and I really liked. And then I don't know. Sometimes we just don't finish shows. <laughs> it kind of got away from me. Also, it's like it's like an hour. It's a comedy, but it's an hour long, which I don't like. Just come on, a tight thirty. Yeah, if it's gonna be a comedy, you got to commit to the, exactly. the situational I'm like, comedy. What's time. going on? Are you orange as the new black? It's a dramedy, isn't it? You're trying <laughs> to get me in with a dramedy. Uh, <laughs> but she was very good in the uh, in the little bit of Miss Maisel I saw. So she's like. I feel like she's more of a name than him. I don't know if I recognize him honestly from anything. You're, His you're not face like is on, familiar. You're not like on the uh, corn sweat fan pages. Listen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly how to pronounce it. I'm a big fan. <laughs> you, you know why his face looks so familiar? Why? Because it's haunting me. It is haunting he, me. He looks just like Henry Cavill. He does look, he looks, he looks just like Henry Cavill. You're, you're a hundred percent Just like a, a little bit younger Henry Cavill. So to he me, does. that's, that's why he looks familiar. To be they fair, just were like, we, they were we're, like, we can't have Henry Cavill anymore. Let's just get somebody who looks just like Henry Cavill. They were like, you know what? We want to age him back a little bit. So they were like, you know what? We loved that casting. We just want him to be a little younger. <laughs> David? i'm trying to see i guess he was in an episode of house of cards he's been in elementary i have seen none of these things that he's been in so i don't know why he looks so familiar i guess it is really just like the the sort of the henry cavill effect of his face looking exactly like henry cavill's face uh i'm surprised that you haven't seen this so mind the gap in the chat says david cornsweat was in pearl with mia goth a technical technicolor slasher movie he was uh good playing 1920s gentleman but sleazy in hindsight so since you're like the horror movie uh oh yes i have radios i I figured you would have seen this i have heard that pearl is good there's like i think that pearl is like the second in like a series of these like kind of throwback movies um i think the first one was like X or something like that. Um, so now we'll have a reason to watch it this spooky season. I'll be like, well, you know, I got to do my research for Supergirl Radio. <laughs> got to know what this corn sweat is all about. <laughs> I'll be on the lookout for projectionist, obviously a large and important role in the film. <laughs> yeah, so that should uh, be interesting. You'll have to report back about your your corn sweat homework. <laughs> I will. I will. So we'll we'll see if Superman Legacy gets made. All, all the best to Superman Legacy Fingers so that crossed. we can get that Supergirl awesome. Woman of Tomorrow uh, uh, movie. And I guess maybe we could uh, rearrange the news uh, that we have in the doc. Uh, speaking of Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, we should mention that on, uh, let's see, on July 
6th, 2023, comic book writer uh, Tom King announced that Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow has been nominated for a Hugo Award for Best Graphic Story or Comic. And I believe he also said that uh, people could vote for the Hugo nominees. What? I don't know. I don't know that we. I didn't know that that was how that worked. <laughs> I don't think we can. I oh. think he, he just said Hugo voters. I don't know what qualifies oh, who as I a don't Hugo voter. <laughs> I don't think like any of us can maybe vote, but it seems like the voting has already begun. He tweeted out for your consideration. Superwoman of tomorrow is now, uh, is now available in the nominee site to read or just look through and see what incredible worlds uh Bilkis Evely put in the sky. So uh let's uh hope that um Hugo voters vote for Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow and they uh take that home because I think it's a, a worthy uh consideration there. Yeah for sure. I mean I thought that was such a beautiful book. Uh just art. I mean even taking aside the story which I liked the art in that book is so beautiful. Like, I'm sure it's against a lot of worthy opponents. Um, and, you know, they're all winners, et cetera, et cetera. But it should win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's up against something called uh, Cyberpunk 2077, Dune, the official movie graphic novel, Monstrous Volume 7, Devourer. Uh, well, that's a hard word to say. Once and Future <laughs> Volume 4, Monarchies in the UK, which sounds a lot like a lot of fun uh saga volume 10 so yeah there's some uh, is good competition yeah. but i think uh supergirl woman of tomorrow i think should take this one home uh so that's uh i guess something that we'll look out for to see if it wins and uh i guess there's also something that i guess relates uh, to me personally but also Ooh. other people who want to attend uh this is just something that i go to every year uh, Dragon Con, which is a fan convention in Atlanta, Georgia, that happens every Labor Day weekend, has announced that Supergirl guests Nicole Maines and Jesse Rath will be there this year. Uh, the convention will be held from August 31st through September 4th. So if you are in the Atlanta, Georgia area and want to go meet Nicole and Jesse, they will be, Ooh. they'll probably be doing some, although now I'm a little interested in this because. I know that some actors were not going to be doing promotional things. Oh, yeah. Because of the strike. So this was announced by Dragon Con, but I don't know if this will still be taken into effect. That is true. I wonder, I guess it would depend on what the union rules are around promoting properties that like aren't currently in production. So I think if Supergirl, if there was like another season of Supergirl coming up, absolutely not but i don't know but then it depends because like they are in other shows so i think you could make the argument that like anything that they're in or working on right now would be promoted by them being there i don't i honestly don't know yeah so i'm 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 gonna keep my eye on this to see if they end up canceling but as far as i understand it they are still scheduled to actually let me look that up because i believe that comic con uh, san diego comic con is this week and i think it's going to be a an interesting convention i think it's going to be pretty quiet uh, from, on the movies and uh and tv show front from what i've heard like directors can still go and promote their movies that they still have coming out but as far as actors and writers no yeah i believe the directors guild came to some sort of um like understanding but the writers and actors didn't so since they're on strike i don't know yeah 
That's a great question. I really don't know if they would be allowed to go and and or if they are still going. So, so we'll we'll keep everybody updated. If they end up canceling, I can't see if I can find I feel that. like N- Nicole and Jesse would probably mention it um if they weren't able to go, but I don't know. Like the 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 SAG portion of the strike is pretty new. Um so they might still be figuring out like what they can and can't do. Right. So uh, until uh, to be determined, I guess, uh, but it, it was announced that they were going to be going. So if they end up going, uh, they'll probably hopefully do some panels about Supergirl. And um, they may also do uh, some meet and greets where you can get autographs and pictures. And if that's the case, I'll try to uh, have another interaction with them again, see, see how that goes. And if they do do a panel, I will try to record that um, and bring that to everybody here for uh, Supergirl radio. It looks like uh, Marcy Dalmatian in the chat has uh, some thoughts. If I'm not mistaken, according to the rules of the actor strike, they can't attend premieres or do other appearances. So that likely includes TV interviews and comic con. So uh, yeah, hmm. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Sometimes the Dragon Con website will say if it has cancellations. So uh, yeah, if- I'm scrolling down her Twitter, and I saw her retweet last week the announcement and talk about uh, that she was going to be there. Um. But again, I don't remember when SAG after went on strike. It might have been after this. Yeah, it just happened like a couple of days ago where they announced that they were going to be there. And so I wanted to go ahead and announce it just in case so that people could, if they they needed to travel and they wanted to see them, you could kind of go ahead and start making plans. But it may not happen. I'm not sure. We will say if this is like, if seeing them is like the whole reason that you're going, you might want to make sure that they're still able to go before booking anything. Yes. So uh, Um, just wanted to put that out there. I see a couple of comments in the chat. Um, Marcy Dalmatian said, if I'm not mistaken, according to the rules of the actor strike. I think I may have already read that one. Oh, did you? Okay. Sorry. I was scrolling. But there is a new one from Aaron. If you would like to read that one. Oh, uh, Aaron said, I think that SAG rules said something about no fan expo or con type things unless they are under contract to be there. So, so then that would probably be a no. It might be a no. Yeah. That's kind of a bummer. Okay. I'll, I'll stay on top of that to see what's going on and try to let people know if they did end up getting um, canceled from that. You should still go to Dragon Con. It's a ton of fun. I've heard it's a good time. <laughs> Even if you're not there. One day I'll make it too. <laughs> I may have overcommitted because they put, they put out a thing from the American uh, Sci-Fi and Media. I think it's what it's called. I can't remember. It's a really long panel like track name. And uh, it's the stuff that covers like superhero movies and TV shows and I may have like overcommitted like some of the panels that I would do. I was like, yeah, I'll do a Superman and Lois. Yeah, I'll do a Flash movie. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you want to talk about like people hating on the things you love, yeah, I might talk about that one. So I don't know how many panels I'll be on. But if I am on Ooh. a panel, if I am on a panel, uh, that'll go in the Supergirl Radio uh, podcast feed and possibly on the YouTube channel if I do videos. So uh, there will be episodes from Dragon Con regardless. That's exciting. 
it is exciting and it's like a month away and I'm totally not prepared for it whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so there is that. Well, I guess that covers our news section. I don't think there was anything else uh, we missed over the last three weeks. I think those were kind of the big things. Uh, so we are going to get into discussing the first two episodes of a new Superman animated TV series called My Adventures with Superman. This is a show that's airing on Adult Swim and also streaming on the the now Max, formerly HBO Max. <laughs> uh, the artist, artist formerly form- known as HBO Max. <laughs> Great minds, Rebecca. Yes. Yeah, so it is uh, streaming there as well if you don't have cable and pull the, uh, pull the plug. Um, so this is a new show that has just started. And we were initially just going to do like a pilot pod. And then we started looking into the show. And there were a lot of Supergirl and Supergirl radio connections. So we figured we would discuss it here uh now uh the easiest thing i think since we're covering two episodes uh morgan if this is something you'd like to do uh we can do it if you think there'd be a better way to do it but i thought since we have two episodes maybe we could just combine them and talk about them because it's kind of the same story it's like part one and two so it's a continuation of the story yeah, so uh, we'll combine our discussion about the first two episodes, uh, which are titled Adventures of a Normal Man, Parts 1 and 2, and we will talk about both of those for uh, this section of the podcast. So uh, just in case you hadn't seen it, here are the episode descriptions of these episodes. So for Part 1, it says, quote, Secret alien Clark Kent and his best friend Jimmy Olsen start their internship at the Daily Planet and meet fellow intern Lois Lane, unquote. So that's Part 1. Uh, The episode description for part two reads, quote, Clark returns to the Kent farm with questions about where he's from and who he wants to be, unquote. So, Morgan, what what do you think is important for Supergirl fans or Supergirl radio uh, listeners to know about my adventures with Superman? I mean, Why, why are we why are we covering it here on the podcast? There are so many things I think that we'll get into, but I think first and foremost, and maybe most importantly, the news kid legion is in the show. Now, when, <laughs> when this happened, when this happened, Rebecca, Rebecca had messaged me and she said, there's some stuff in here that I, I'm going to want you to, to like get, have your take on eventually. And I thought she meant because I had heard that like live wire was on right, the show. Right. Yeah. And I had seen a clip of, Clark's magical girl Sailor Moon transformation and I was like both very relevant to my interests. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the News Kid Legion and when it happened I gasped. I gasped <laughs> out loud like a southern bell. I was like oh, I do declare. <laughs> I did not expect it. I did not know to look for it. It was just like a beautiful moment in time. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't get spoiled because I was I was so nervous like somebody would spoil you and I didn't want to say anything. Uh, but yeah, so there's a there's a there's a, a, a and it's I think I would like to say that the news kid legion that's in my adventures of Superman is pretty authentic. It's there. There is no Jim Harper, but there are some nods to Guardian. So if people don't know. Uh, in the 1940s, when Guardian in, D- in DC Comics was created, he or was it DC Comics back then? I forget what it was like under the the branding for that at that time. But in the comics, Jim Harper is a police officer 
who wants to become this superhero known as Guardian. And he utilizes the kids around in his neighborhood to give him information and be his confidential informants around town. And uh, that's exactly how the news kid legion that appears in My Adventures with Superman is portrayed. They are the confidential informants of Lois Lane, but pretty, pretty close, I would say, for the the news. And, and, and I should also mention that in the comics, in the early iterations of the comics, they were the newsboy legion. And uh, later they would become the newsboy army. So they have changed. <laughs> oh no, they militarized. <laughs> yeah, they they became the army with uh, Jake Jordan when Jake Jordan was guardian, and they had the uh, the newsboy uh, army ID cards. So they became they became uh, official with their ID cards during that era. But the uh, the news kid legion here is a little bit of a different name, but uh, there's the the essence, the spirit of the newsboy legion is here. So, it lives uh, on. It yes. lives on in all of us. Yes. Uh, no, I I was not ready. I was not prepared. It was more than I expected. Uh, but everything we deserve, I think. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple of uh, Guardian nods uh, in uh, in addition to the fact that the News Kid Legion is in the show. Uh, the crossword puzzle in the News Kid newspaper has the word Guardian in it. I think there's also I didn't I didn't screenshot it, but there was also a visual of what looked like a guardian face. Uh, the character guardian was also in it. Uh, are we having uh, a <laughs> lab Labcat so, so, so uh, shenanigans? Bunsen decided to jump up. He wanted to jump up, but then it turns out no, 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 no. He didn't quite make it. Now he's playing with a wire that's off of a toaster. So I'm oh need no, that sounds serious. To I feel not like that do needs that. To be that's you're gonna sinking. ruin the toaster in your own self. Uh, he may, he may become live wire. <laughs> he could, he could become live wire. Uh, no, he he was gonna jump up and then he misjudged it and then he was just like, Whoa! so I was like making sure he was okay. It's been a tough day, tough day for Bunsen. Oh no, is he okay? <laughs> but he, he was also. Oh no, he's fine. He just oh. just embarrassed. His feelings are hurt <laughs> mostly. Uh, but he was actually a big fan of the News Kid Legion. That's what he wanted to come up and say. He was really excited to see those guardians. <laughs> call out yeah uh the news kid legion was a big uh big surprise to me so that was one of the things that i think we as supergirl radio wanted wanted to talk about because i think we are uniquely uh knowledgeable about that i don't i don't think a lot of people really appreciate when they watch my adventures with superman the impact of the news kid legion when they watch it but we we understood the significance of them pretty much right away so I wanted to make sure we talked about that. Are there other things that would be relevant to uh, Supergirl and Supergirl Radio uh, listeners that they might want to look out for? Well, the main villain in this one, um, which they don't say right away, uh, but is Leslie Willis, a.k.a. Livewire, which I had that part I, I had been spoiled for me. Like, I already knew that going in. Um, but I thought that was really cool that we immediately get Livewire. Uh, obviously big fans of live wire here on supergirl radio yes. one of our favorite of supergirl's foes so it was nice to see Su- my adventures with superman start out strong you know uh, have a have a great uh first adversary in live wire yeah we like Le- leslie willis here but this this is a different take on live wire a little bit of a, a different uh, story for her a different occupation a different look 
Uh, yeah. So what did you think about the uh, interpretation of Livewire in My Adventures I- with Superman? I mean, I liked the My Adventures with Superman uh, live wire. I thought she was great. Uh, cool styling. Uh, very fancy hair. Uh, I did miss kind of the uh, the radio background of the Supergirl uh, live wire because I do think that was really fun that she was like kind of a shock jock on the radio uh, and she had like a real attitude about it. <laughs> this, this live wire is more like just doing crime, but like not super well like uh <laughs> like when when they uh when they encounter this live wire like her her crime has already kind of gone as- astray like she's she's like i've got all these robots but no buyers it's like i don't i feel like buyers was maybe the first thing you should have done before you got a bunch of robots but <laughs> that's me backseat crying <laughs> Seems like a lot of effort went into that just without seems, a buyer. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of effort to get this giant thing that you now have to hide, but you have no buyer for. Seems like maybe, I don't know, stealing something smaller and more portable. <laughs> if you say you didn't have a buyer, would have been more advisable. Listen, again, backseat criming. I mean, <laughs> she almost figured it out, um, but then not quite. Yeah, she uh, she seemed to have a, a not. A, she didn't seem to have a lot of control over the situation. She had like a little accomplice named Badger, who seemed to, <laughs> who seemed to ditch her uh, yeah. later on. She Badger had, wasn't a real one. I'll I'll say that for sure. Badger he, was out as soon as there was trouble. He did not go uh, along with her very far. And uh, there's also uh, one of my favorite things about the live wire story in these two episodes is that at some point uh, a robot goes rogue and some trouble happens with the robot and some guy named Brad dies and they call out Brad like we're supposed to know who Brad is. And I was like, not Brad. I was like, first of all, RIP Brad, whoever you are. <laughs> and second, I was like, why? Why name him? Why, why give him the name Brad? Brad. <laughs> Who's Brad? So R.I.P. A... Brad, never forget. You know, Brad's up there in heaven with Kelly. A <laughs> <laughs> new Rachel is, is Brad the new Kelly. Yep, great minds, new Rachel. Great minds. Yeah. So I was I was laughing about Brad because poor Brad. Something I don't know exactly what happened to him, but something happened to him. Uh, but yeah, she ends up uh, getting uh, on the bad side of Deathstroke. Did you recognize that that was Slade Wilson, aka Deathstroke, there at That's... the end of the? Second That's episode? who I thought it was, but they never really say his name. So it is very hard to be like, wait, who is that Deathstroke? I mean, no one said Slade. No one said Deathstroke. Uh, but then there's sort of like a suicide squad, it appears, situation happening. And I was like, oh, that's got to be Deathstroke. But I thought that that was like super interesting that they're, you know, already in like episode in the, you know, the two part premiere, they're already kind of building in these other, you know, non non Superman uh, DC characters that are going to be, it seems like in season one. So that was pretty exciting to see him him pop up. Yeah. Amanda Waller is there. I didn't know who the other man was. So it was Amanda Waller yeah, and Deathstroke and some other guy. I wasn't really sure if that was like Rick Flagg or somebody. I didn't know. But uh, but yeah, the the reason I know it was Deathstroke is because the captioning gave him away. Oh, uh, twist! I, when I when I was making notes for the episodes, um, I turned on the captioning and it said something about Slade in there, and I was like, "Well, I was pretty sure, uh, just given his uh, suit, the uh, the blue and the orange in the suit, I figured it was Deathstroke." But the Slade in the captioning gave him away, so that was definitely 
death stroke there. So uh, I guess we've talked about the uh, the bad guys in this, and I, I would agree that I miss the um, the snarky at bad attitude Leslie Willis, uh, who uh, talked a lot of crap on the radio about people. I really, <laughs> yeah, I really did miss that. She she had her live wire electrical powers, but it, it wasn't quite the same for me. I was kind of like, what is this? What is happening with live wire here? And I guess before we move on and talk about the heroes in this series, what did you think about Livewire's powers and the source of them? Yeah, that's a good question because I, I I watched this last week when I was like, I know this cold's just going to go away real fast, and I'm going to be better by tomorrow. Uh, and I wasn't, so it's not as uh, it's not as fresh in my memory. But I believe was it? It came from was she like wearing something like so on her on her back is this like diamond oh, slash right. S shield sort of jewel. Uh, and I know in the past we've had issues with saying the word jewel here on the podcast <laughs> so i want to make sure that we say I, it looked like a jewel uh listen we don't know what a jewel looks like i <laughs> think we're made of money here <laughs> but it was on her back and so uh slade goes to attack her on that spot and it kind of fizzles out and then that gives superman the idea to go after her and remove that from her and when she remove when it's removed, she seems to ha- lose all of her abilities. And I was confused about that because Livewire in the show can fly, and I thought that was weird. Did she fly? She flew. She could fly in this show, which normally she doesn't do. Normally she's just Sparky from the fingertips and can shoot out electricity. And uh, there was also a moment when I think when Superman removes the uh, the jewel from her, he gets one of those little like flashbacky things where it's almost like the jewel connects with him, like Kryptonian wise. So I wondered if that was if that piece, that source of her power was connected to Krypton and maybe maybe that's how she could fly. I don't know. Oh. I was very confused about the the source of her abilities. I see Electra WWF in the comments said it looks like the villains are going to get their powers via tech, maybe Kryptonian tech. It would explain why Clark keeps having flashbacks when he touches it. Because it was a, a same similar instance. We'll 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 talk about the Kryptonian aspects because I want your, <laughs> I want your take on Jorel, but uh, it did seem to have that same sort of blue flashbacky stuff that happened when he connected to his Kryptonian Oh, side. that's a good point. Yeah, it did. So maybe it is Kryptonian tech that like somehow is found has been found by some villains. Possibly. There's Possibly. a lot of there's a lot of there are a lot of easter eggs about Amazo tech. Um and that would be very interesting if they bring the Amazo stuff from the comics Ooh. into it. Yeah, I don't have any background in any of that, so that would be new for me. Well, we'll have to look into that if they if they do bring it up. It, right now, just Amazo seems like it's just an Easter egg, Easter egg, but it seems like something that's intentional. So I assume that they will do something with that. 
Um, okay, so we've talked a lot about the villains of the episode. So let's let's talk about the heroes because I mean it is a show called My Adventures with Superman. We probably should talk about Superman, I guess. Maybe Superman a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess Morgan, what did you think uh, about this portrayal of Clark Kent and uh, his daily plan of pursuits? I liked this Clark Kent. He's he's you know he's just starting out at the Daily Planet. He hasn't started superheroing yet which initially i was like oh, another origin story but honestly i thought that the this show was so charming i like forgave it for being another origin story but i do like it's like it's kind of it's not like smallville clark kent where he's in high school and it's not like this some of the superman things that we see where he's more well established this is like recent college grad clark kent he's a uh, he and uh and jimmy and lois they're all interns at at the daily planet they're not working there which is a fun misdirect where you think that like lois is like this big shot reporter at the daily planet and then perry white is like you're an intern go get me coffee <laughs> uh, but of course it's lois lane so of course she's uh, she's after the angle she's trying to figure out how she's going to like make her name at the planet uh by like chasing all of these very dangerous stories that nobody put her on and everybody has told her not to uh, not to chase uh yeah i really like clark in this i thought he was really fun uh and i thought it was nice to kind of see uh, like an early version of clark where he's kind of trying to be a normal like just a normal guy but like doing it very poorly so i had some questions about that so in the early years there's a flashback where young clark kent is trying to get a kite that looks just like a Superman S-Shield, uh, red S-Shield with blue and white uh, ribbons on it. And he uh, discovers some of his abilities because after he saves this mom and uh, her little baby from uh, car crashing into a tree, he learns how to fly and do all this stuff. And it seems like he discovered some of his abilities way uh way far in advance of him going to the daily planet. So I was confused as to why he was still accidentally, accidentally breaking things. He, he tore, <laughs> he tore, he, he tore his shoes in half. He broke the alarm clock. He messed up the sink. He uh, broke the handle on the door of that little uh, convenience store slash donut shop that he went to. And I was like, I get that they're trying to play him as like the kind of, adorable kind of guy who's having his first day and trying to figure out who he is but it seems like he should be able to i mean the the it thing with the kite like he should know more of his powers by now he was like a <laughs> child when he first was like oh i have powers and then it seems like he didn't work too much on figuring out how to like control them so that he's still like he's now kind of an adult you know going towards adulthood he's got a the first job and he still doesn't know to not like destroy a convenience store every day when he goes to get donuts <laughs> i mean i just i was so confused about that that has to be like a 10-year time difference yeah for sure and at he's least still busting everything up so i i understand they wanted to play it for the laughs and the comedy but at the same time it sort of makes him in my opinion it makes him kind of look stupid like he hadn't figured any of this stuff out so um uh, Electra WWF says in the chat, I think he's been trying to repress his powers rather than learn how to use them, probably because he got traumatized by the hollow Jarrell. So we'll we'll talk about him uh, for sure. So that could be part of it. Um, but I think they were just kind of playing it for 
just to have laughs in there, which I thought was kind of unfortunate. But for the most part, I thought this this Clark was uh, was great. And one thing I thought was really interesting with him um, was his questioning his identity. He said, who, who am I a lot? He was trying to figure out who he was. I thought initially, like the first couple of times they had him go, who am I? I was like, okay, that's, yeah. that's good. Pretty, that's good for deep, him, for him deep. to like say it and then like repeat it sort of later on. But in episode two, it happened again. It happened a lot. He kept going, who am I? And then other people would be like, who are you? And <laughs> what, what are you? And I was just like, okay, you've taken the theme and then you've run it down, down my throat. Um who is it, he now? It, it, it got it got kind of annoying after a while. At first, I was kind of on board uh, because he he uh, when after he learns kind of how to fly, he asks, "Who am I?" And then uh, after Clark punches the robot away, Lois tries to talk to this unidentified hero who saved her, and she asks him, "Who are you?" And then, uh, uh, like, maybe a minute later, he flies up in the sun to recharge himself. And, and then he asks himself, who am I? And then, of course, <laughs> and then, of course, right after that, Lois can be heard yelling Clark as if she was answering the, the, the question for him. Then in the second episode, uh, Clark uh, asks himself, who am I? And then Lois also uh, asks Clark later, Do you, uh, don't you want to know who that person is? And then Clark tells his his uh, his mother, Martha Kent, he says, I need to find out who I am, Ma. And it's just like initially it started off as a, a pretty cool examination of like Clark trying to figure out who he was. And then by the end of the second episode, I was like. You're going to have to figure out who you are so that you can stop asking who am I? <laughs> but who is he <laughs> really <laughs> he was like maybe maybe like he at first he was like who am i like what are my powers but then it was like who is this guy called clark kent <laughs> just it, it episode three starts with him staring at the mirror like who am i <laughs> <laughs> it gets real existential by the end of the series he's just having like a complete breakdown he's like i don't know <laughs> So, so this leads me to a question that I have for you, Morgan, that I'm curious because I think maybe it could lead to multiple answers. Sure. Um, so the title of this show is called My Adventures with Superman. Who's the my in the title? I think, hmm, is it all of us? <laughs> is is are, are the adventures with superman the friends we made along the way or something <laughs> if is i'm talking if, if i'm talking about it it's my adventures with superman exactly and but if, if you're i'm talking about it it's my adventures with superman who are you i can't answer that who am i <laughs> um i mean i guess you could also maybe say it's like Lois, maybe the Mai is Lois. Maybe the Mai is J Jimmy. Oh, okay, well, maybe it's Lois and Jimmy. Let me let me put this forth to you. Okay, what if it's Clark? <gasps> it's his adventures with himself. He's, <laughs> because that's why he's asking the whole time, "Who am I?" <laughs> oh my god! What like halfway through, he's like he has like a like a full break, and then like. A <laughs> Superman and Clark Kent are different people. Like he doesn't have memories of doing the Superman stuff, and he's like, "Man, I feel like I'm having an adventures with Superman." 
I just, I'm just going to put that out there. I'm hoping that's because if they're asking these existential questions that I like that. I mean, I like that too. I like that. It's Clark's adventures with Superman. <laughs> <laughs> it's his adventures to like, get down to like, who is he really? <laughs> it's like a James Lipton interview. <laughs> Clark, what is your favorite word? <laughs> so I guess maybe uh, maybe uh, towards the end of the season, we'll find out whose adventures with Superman it is. But until we're told specifically, I'm going to say it's Clark's. So, I like it. I like yeah. it. I'm yeah. buying this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... What did you think, since we sort of briefly mentioned it, so Clark uh, in the second episode is really digging into his Kryptonian heritage. So what did you think about uh, the portrayal of the Kryptonian tech, the uh, Jor-El AI that he meets? Uh, what did you think about the Kryptonian stuff? I thought the Kryptonian stuff was really fun. I, I thought that there was like, in the flashback, there was... Obviously, he's traumatized by the Jor-El hologram, as I think you would be, anyone would be <laughs> as a child. It's like oh, this uh, this strange hologram screaming at you. Uh, but I thought that there was an interesting line that they had where when they uh, dig up the spaceship for the second time, they're like, is it bigger? And so I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, when you're a little kid, everything, you know, but the, usually that's the opposite. It's like when you're a little kid, everything seems big. And then like you go there and you're like, this is like the smallest building I've ever been in. Right. And I thought it was a mansion. Um, but I want, but part of me was like, what if the spaceship underneath of like where they buried it is just expanding and it's like taking over. Uh, I thought that was like a cool concept. I was like, Ooh, I hope they do something with that. Like suddenly it just takes over the whole Kent farm as the spaceship has just been growing underground. My question about that is how does a spaceship grow though? I don't know. How should we ask a better question of the spaceship? Who is it? <laughs> Spaceship, it, who are you? <laughs> I mean, I guess a Kryptonian tech can be whatever you want it to be, but uh, it's, it's true, and we've seen that many times yes. on Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was weird. That um, I guess I can go with it. it. Was it was growing, but then it was also a very different interpretation of Kal-el's ship in that it was big to begin with. Yeah, usually Kal-el's ship is a like pod. a little pod. Yeah. I mean, and we're very familiar with pods here on the show. We, we got, we, we got we one about, about pods one a time. season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Supergirl. So I, I thought that was immediately very different that um, it was bigger and they also buried it or, buried or do, you, it. do you think that Clark buried it or did it just like crash underground think... and it stayed there? My thought was that it crashed. The Kents like got little baby Clark and then we're like, what do we do with this thing? It's pretty big. Like it's not, unlike the pod where you could like see that they like, maybe they would like hide it in their barn or something. Like you can't hide, like the size of that spaceship is like not easily hideable. So it, it did make a certain amount of sense for me that they would be like, well, you know, we can't just have a spaceship and then it's going to be like, what are we going to do with it? We'll bury it. <laughs> that was what I kind of thought happened is they were like, we don't know what to do with this thing underground it goes <laughs> yeah i i just thought that was a, a very different interpretation and not to say that i didn't like it i was just kind of interested in why why was the ship so big why why 
bury like i don't know did they get cal l out and then bury like i don't know i had a lot of questions about that but uh it seems like anytime clark is near the ship it does there's like a connection to it that uh sort of calls to him and he's able to open up some of the things because when he goes to the ship the Jorel ai activates the kryptonian robots activate um so the Jorel here in this show also a very different interpretation yeah uh, he, he has an eye patch love that <laughs> he's, like, he's like a jaunty pirate <laughs> <laughs> why why do you suspect that he has an eye patch i have that- no idea I hope we get like a backstory episode where we learn about Eyepatch Jorel because I love him very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but one of the things I liked best about this uh, like portrayal of like the Kryptonian is that when um, when Jorel pops up and he starts speaking, he's speaking in Kryp- Kryptonian. Yeah, Kryptonese. The the um, caption, I think the captioning called it Kryptonese, but I would call it Kryptonian because Kryptonese yeah. is written. That's is written, that, right? That's that's how I would distinguish it. So he's speaking in Kryptonian. Like, of course, Clark doesn't understand that. He was a little baby when he landed. So Clark was just like, ah, it's a monster speaking, <laughs> speaking nothing. I understand. Uh, and I thought it was interesting. Like, like later on, he was just like, I don't understand you. It's like such an interesting. Um, take on that that like i haven't seen in any other version of the superman story that where it makes sense though it's like yeah like wouldn't jor-el be speaking kryptonian and like wouldn't clark not understand that (laughs) (laughs) and and uh clark has to kind of play charades a little bit with him uh jor-el shows him the flashbacks of the explosion of krypton and uh then yeah jor-el and laura putting little baby kal-el into this uh ship to send him off and clark's like well okay maybe that's my mom i get i get that because that that looks maybe like that's supposed to be me but then who is this guy is this you is this are you my dad like like he's having to like try to yeah, connect like, the like in real piecing time. it together yeah. it's like all right that makes sense i guess but <laughs> and i thought it was interesting that once he sort of does that and puts all those pieces together that's when the uh magical uh girl transformation happens oh. Of course, uh, my fa- my personal second favorite part of the episode <laughs> was his beautiful Sailor Moon transformation. Uh, I and I know that like this, the whole series is kind of anime inspired, sort of anime style. So seeing like a magical Clark go through a magical girl transformation, very Sailor Moon, I was like chef's kiss this is everything this is everything i've ever wanted from a superman <laughs> from a superman property <laughs> moon prison power etc etc <laughs> so do you think the magical girl transformation this is gonna get real deep it is. is it is it an answer to the question who am i that that clark is is actually a magical girl well, no uh, not necessarily <laughs> uh but but i mean i i feel like it is kind of like to a certain extent like a lot of animes that feature like the magical girl trope do kind of have uh, similar similarities to sort of clark's story it's like a it's a very classic chosen one story which is in some ways is kind of clark's story as well even though he 
he's you know from another planet and that's how he has his powers but i mean if you have your powers with great power comes great responsibility says that other guy in that other property uh <laughs> and so i mean it is kind of a chosen one you know mythology so i i i buy that there is something of a the who is who am i in there yeah, it's almost like the ship told him who he was. It's almost as if the ship was like, I hear you asking some questions. <laughs> <laughs> and, when, and when he came out of that, he was more knowledgeable about his Kryptonian heritage and where he came from. And then he wore the suit. He He was in the Superman suit, so he became... Superman. It was like some of his questions had been answered about who he was, like what his identity was. Yes. Who am I? Superman. I'm Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wondered if that was I that that I would be okay with if if this show you know asked the who am I question a couple of times, but then later on it just sort of visually answers that question not continually having people ask, just asking over you? and over but uh, who am i <laughs> <laughs> uh i saw a good comment from electra in the chat uh they say i also think the ship will turn end up turning into the fortress which was something that i also um had like a a thought about when i was watching i was like oh i wonder if this is going to turn into his like fortress of solitude because it's sort of the the first place where he sees the hologram which is usually which is associated with the fortress stuff and then also he kind of gets some flashbacks about his past and krypton and things sometimes that's also where he gets the suit it, yeah uh, exactly yeah. uh yeah i think we should thank uh, a mr zach snyder for for that or maybe more so mr david s goyer because uh, that is how the uh, the scout ship is used in Man of Steel, is that it becomes his fortress. Oh, of that's right. Yeah. So there was some. Uh, sort so there of was Man some precedent for like the ship being part of the whole fortress situation. Yes. I don't know if that's ever been in the comics, but I know the first time I ever saw something like that was in Man of Steel. And New Rachel also asks, I was trying to uh, ask if the spaceship had a Kelex or a Kelex, as it is called in uh, Man of Steel. Um, I think there were Kelexes uh, when he first steps and activates, steps on and activates the ship. Those like little robot mm. things that sort of came up. I think those were supposed to be maybe uh, Kryptonian robots uh, like Kelex. That's kind of what I got out of that. Because initially they looked like uh, monoliths from 2001 A Space Odyssey. But then I started, uh, yeah. started thinking maybe those were Kryptonian robots. So it could be the case. Um, and um, uh, did we have uh, a comment uh, about Jarrell's design? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I see it from Mind the Gap, uh, who says, Jarrell's design was inspired by Big Boss, one of the stars from the Metal Gear Solid series. And I I did have to look that up because I did not know what that was. Uh, it sounded familiar, uh, but it is a video game series. So I, I guess... Um, Jarrell's eye patch uh, and kind of some of the design was inspired by that video game series, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, Big Boss definitely has an eye patch and a beard and a like a mustache situation as well. Oh, yeah, I see it. I see it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so there is that vibe. So I, 
I think it would be interesting if it did become the fortress and uh, could he fly the ship away from the Kent farm? That would probably be a good thing because the Kents are obviously freaked out by it. And I thought it was really <laughs> cowardly of Jonathan Kent. I know we've had our thoughts about Jonathan Kent. Before <laughs> Jonathan on, Kent. Uh, as on always, the podcast. character correct. Character <laughs> correct. Where th- something's going down and Jonathan Kent's like, well, I'll leave you to it. Martha, you can take this one. Martha. Martha's like, what? A hologram is yelling at me in a foreign language. Honey, honey. <laughs> You're just going to leave? Jonathan just noped on out of there. Just <laughs> left his family. <laughs> I thought that was such a strange thing for Jonathan Kent to do. It was so weird. I was like, you know what? Every Jonathan Kent is is a jerk in his own unique way. (laughs) I think is the is the the moral of this tale. (laughs) Yeah, he had. uh, He definitely did feel character correct in that uh, sense. So, uh, so we've gotten a little bit of uh, Clark and his uh, time with the Kents, with Jonathan and Martha. We get to see the farm and them kind of figuring out the ship. And he, uh, Clark, young Clark is freaked out about it. And so that's why he's kind of put the uh, who am I question aside for quite some time. So we get to see him with the Kents and then we get to see him sort of connect with his Kryptonian side uh, so what did you think? I'm curious about your thoughts, uh, Morgan, about uh, Clark in his first attempt at heroism uh, as Superman. So uh, so Lois and Jimmy are investigating these robots in Metropolis and some robots uh, come after them. And so Clark has to fight some robots down at the port of Metropolis. Love it. And uh, which reminded me a lot of the uh, Fleischer animated uh, cartoons where they had uh, the mechanical monsters was one of the the first episodes. So a big throwback to the Fleischer stuff with Superman. Um, but he uh, he grabs a dock worker's uniform, puts on a little hoodie and he fights the robots. <laughs> what did you what did you think about all that? I mean, as a costume, is it as good as the normal one? No, but <laughs> it'll do in a pinch. Um, I really liked that Clark was fighting giant robots, if only because I know that this um, this animated series is based on anime, and it was one of the most anime things I've seen in a long time. I watched a lot of anime growing up, and so I was like, giant mecha, of course. There have to be giant mecha. <laughs> Uh, like the only thing that could have made it better is if, if like Clark and Lois had to like do something in tandem in order to fight the robots. I was like, but listen, we'll get there. Well, Uh, that sort of happens that, well, not necessarily with Lois, like blowing a punch, but she figures out how to stop the robots while he's fighting them. That's true. So they that sort of true. kind of work together without really working together. Yeah, I like. I really liked that he had to fight giant robots as his first battle in this series. I was like, I love it. I love it. Like, I can feel the anime. Like, he's a magical girl. There's giant robots. There's the News Kid Legion. This is giving <laughs> me everything. This is giving me... The only thing he needs is, like a, like, a small pet companion that talks to him. And I feel like there's... Where's Crypto? Let's there there crypto are many options here. for that, yeah. Yeah. There are so many options. Let's let's get him a little pet companion. Little now pet with mascot. the pet so in anime, I've only seen a little bit of anime. I'm not as much of an anime scholar as you are. 
but is it uh, when the the animal talks is it like speaking the same language he is or just like speaking in the in the pet language it de- it depends uh, they're they're different they're different animes that have like the pet just being like fun and funky and sometimes the pet is like i will give you advice i'm thinking more of like a sailor moon luna artemis situation where the pet is like what are you doing? That's the wrong thing to do. You know, like the pet is like a mentor. Ah, uh, yes. I would love a like an interpretation of, of Superman where crypto is like like an a wise mentor to Superman. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just feel like that would be hilarious. Well, if it was revealed that he was uh Cal- baby Kal-El's dog on Krypton, that, that would make he would be old. older and wiser. In dog years, he would be ancient. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like that could work. Yeah, I was curious what your thoughts were on the anime style and and if it held up. So that's that's good to know that some of those elements were there. Um, Yeah, I I liked the idea that uh, Clark had to sort of figure out what he was going to do. And he really doesn't figure out on his own what to do in terms of the Superman suit. That's just kind of given to him by... Uh, AI Jarrell, but I think it it makes a lot of sense the way they did that. Yeah, I liked it. I I thought that they did a good job with um with bringing the anime influences and combining them with the like the comic book influences. You can tell that like you can tell that they the create like the creative team behind this show loves both comic books like DC DC comic book Superman comics and anime because you know they have great references for both like the news kid legion i feel like that's a, a deep cut it's like, a real deep cut we were really ex- i couldn't i honestly could not believe it <laughs> but then you have him fighting giant robots for the first time like there there's almost no way it could be more anime than that unless like somehow the giant robots were about to destroy tokyo tower Ooh. i don't know how they get to tokyo tower in this in this scenario but that is the only way I think it could be like more like this is anime inspired. <laughs> like, why are they in Tokyo suddenly? I don't know, but the tower is in danger as it always is. <laughs> I think they could get there. So uh, you'll have to let me know when you see more anime uh, references. I will like call that, them out. I will, I will not. I will. Out. I will know, not know that stuff. I don't have any modern. My problem is I have no modern anime references. So like my tap out is like somewhere in the early two thousands. <laughs> where it's like suddenly I know nothing. But if you're talking about 90 classic 90s anime, then I'm in this. <laughs> uh, yeah, whoever is doing this show definitely knows uh, the uh, referential material that they are pulling from. Uh, I wanted to point out, uh, Electra WWF says, I noticed that Clark used the not feeling well excuse and Paul Kent used the exact same ex- excuse as well. So, I guess like other uh, Clark's, <laughs> Clark's learning some things. Maybe he shouldn't be from his dad. <laughs> Not picking up the uh, the good things that maybe uh, Jonathan should be passing down. Um, also, Marcy Dalmatian says a crypto came to mind as a character that might show up in the Ooh. series later on. I feel I feel like the I odds feel are pretty like, good. Come on, we got to get crypto in there for sure. Yeah, if we got the news kid legion, I feel like the super pets are around the corner somewhere. Um, Okay, so we've talked a little about about Clark. Are, are, are there any other things about Clark that you wanted to mention before we move on? 
No, I just really liked this uh, this interpretation of Quark. I do love that you brought up that he learned his powers when he was like a little kid, and then just like didn't develop them. That wasn't something that like I necessarily picked up on on the first uh, the first watch through. But as soon as you said it, I just thought to myself, "Oh yeah, what? Why? Why is he still breaking things all the time?" <laughs> he mastered flight in like a matter of like thirty seconds. He got to flight so fast, and then he's still like breaking alarm clocks. I was to say, what? but not breaking his alarm clocks. That's just beyond him still. And according to Jimmy, he's doing it regularly, like all the time. <laughs> uh, apparently, this is not suspicious to Jimmy, a conspiracy oh, theorist. No, Jimmy. But... I think Jimmy's onto him. We'll you talk think about Jimmy, Jimmy knows like a Cat Grant situation. But but he said something about. Um, you know, it's it's weird their alarm clocks keep exploding, and he he like very pointedly to Clark is like, "Why do you think that's happening?" Ooh, <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. Why do you think that keeps happening, Clark? Clark, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> so I thought that was uh, pretty funny. Um, I guess uh, while we're here, because I guess we could save Lois Lane for last, you know, the best for last. The best for last, of uh, course. But uh, so this take on Jimmy Olsen, also another aspect of this show that would apply to Supergirl fans and uh, Supergirl Radio specifically. Uh, Jimmy Olsen is kind of a grown man here in this, uh, in this series. <laughs> it, I, it feels almost like they're in college still. I don't know if they're feels, fully out of yeah, college. Yeah, that was a big question for me is are they – still in college or did they just graduate from college like they're definitely not far out of college but like i i could go either way on whether or not they're still actively in college or if they just graduated but I don't if know. you're an intern aren't you getting that for internship hours i mean you might also just be like working for like minimum wage um like, like an entry-level position yeah like i've i've definitely had internships when i Again, I was in college, though, to your point, but I had mm -hmm. internships that were paid, but it was like paid so much that like I would like eat a Subway sandwich for lunch and go like there goes an hour. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I could buy that like maybe it is a paid internship, but they're just not paid a lot. Yeah. So uh, so Jimmy and Clark are roommates, which is interesting. Um, and uh Jimmy and Clark are starting their internship. Lois has already been there for a little while, uh, but they are just now starting their internship at the Daily Planet. So what did you think about this interpretation of Jimmy Olsen? Yeah, I thought it was this this version of Jimmy was really interesting. Pretty different than other versions I've seen of Jimmy. Certainly very different than James the Grown Man Olsen uh, on, uh, on Supergirl the TV show. Uh, so this version of Jimmy is like, he's very, like, very talkative. He has a lot of opinions. Uh, he is, uh, and also he is kind of uh, a conspiracy theorist, which I thought was like, was pretty interesting. He's kind of like a, like an old school, like X-Files conspiracy theorist where like, it's like, it goes all the way to the top. And he's got like a, like a YouTube channel. Where he yeah. talks about his like his theories and things like that, he he has a YouTube channel, uh, and we we can talk about this because I think this would be of interest to you because it's of interest to me, uh, given what we do uh, 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 during the day. Um, but Jimmy has a YouTube channel under the handle Flamebird, where he posts a video asking the question, which is a question that is asked a lot in these first two episodes: 
Who is the Superman who of Metropolis? Is, who is he? And uh, just <laughs> just for analytic purposes, so that we can see Jimmy's channel. Oh yeah, how grow. are they doing? How is he yeah. doing? How's how he doing? How, how's he doing in analytics? Because okay. he was pretty excited that Lois subscribed one yeah. single person. So I'm guessing not great, but so I, let's I think see the back end. <laughs> I think I think before Lois subscribed, because I think yeah, I think it was a YouTube channel. Maybe I think it was, it was just, a, maybe it was just like a, like maybe a it was straight, like an off. Like a, Maybe it's like an off-brand YouTube. Maybe they can't use YouTube on the show. So it's like, <laughs> it's like video stream. <laughs> yeah. So he has five, five subscribers. Okay. Doing okay. Doing pretty well. Who he would say would be believers. So he has five believers. Five believers. That's oh, right. Sure. Well, he I added this, a six though. Yeah. So he's got six now with Lois. <laughs> then he has two views to this question. Okay. Not great. Not which, great. Which seems like there would be more interest in this topic. I about- feel like what he needs to do is like do a little bit of video SEO. He needs to like <laughs> he needs to work within the algorithm, right? Does he want to maybe do a little dance while he asks who is Superman? I don't know. Vertical video, Jimmy, have you considered it? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, are you on TikTok? Is he uh, using the right hashtags? I don't know if he's you, putting the keywords Jimmy, and the you, tags in. Jimmy, are you using relevant keywords? Is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> what if we do a social media audit of Jimmy's? <laughs> we, we, we should. This is for free, Jimmy. This is just strategic <laughs> advice. <laughs> are you using trending audio? Um, so he's got two views. Then he, then he actually, this is the best part of his analytics. He's got 176 likes. Well, okay. But, but, I, don't, views? but I don't know how he's got the two views, but 176 likes. How does that mm, happen? That, did, people, this is... did, did people like the stream before he went live? Maybe. Maybe I they was just about like to say. The title. This is just like a, this is a case of inflated or, or deflated metrics as always on these platforms. Jimmy, there's going to be a class action suit. Don't worry. You'll get like 20 cents from it and you're going to be fine. No, that's a great question. How are there so many likes if there were only two views? I don't know. But you know had... what? That probably goes all the way to the top too, Jimmy. You should look into it. <laughs> yeah, that's a conspiracy uh, in itself. What's the algorithm, Jimmy? So it looked like he had 48 dislikes. Which Uh-oh, controversial. That's, that's like half. <laughs> Jenny, you're really pissing off your heart. <laughs> so some people are not really. Some uh, people are not feeling it. But also still more than two views. Did he have any comments? He had no comments. No oh, engagement. So, so low engagement. That's not great. <laughs> You got may, Jimmy, like maybe ask a question at the end, you know, just for a conversation. A little call to action. What's, what's your CTA, Jimmy? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. You know, the other podcasts might be talking about my adventures with Superman, but are other podcasts doing a social media audit of Jimmy's YouTube channel? <laughs> I ask you. <laughs> yeah, so he could maybe do better. Hopefully, um, Hopefully it will improve over time. Find the gaff said this will all be evidence in Jimmy's lawsuit against YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> They're hiding my content. <laughs> they could be suppressing it. <gasps> Shadow banning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimmy just gets more and more paranoid as the show goes on <laughs> until they have to like stage an intervention and they're like, Jimmy, I think we, we need we all need to talk about reality. <laughs> but I do, I do, it, it felt very like I think I said it before, like, but like old school X-Men where like everything went back to aliens. Like every, the answer to every question was 
alien or is he is he wrong though he's not wrong here's here's the thing about conspiracy theorists usually and i would put myself in the category (laughs) because i love a conspiracy theory sometimes conspiracy theories especially in this day and age we're batting a thousand (laughs) a lot a lot of like conspiracy theories turn out to be true so i'm not gonna like uh uh put him down because uh jimmy mentions a psychic starfish from germany who does that sound like maybe starro maybe oh, uh, oh a psychic, yeah. a psychic starfish then he mentions the super intelligent gorillas that france but has been hiding oh no Who does that sound like maybe oh, gorilla no, grod? grod so i think jimmy is you know he is looking at things and i think he knows what he's talking about so there's there's probably something to it and he's he's right top. about superman he just doesn't know it yet that is true because he he said he said in his video that had only two views no comments (laughs) and 176 likes he said superman was an alien case closed he's right he is correct he just doesn't know it jimmy doesn't have all the facts but he is very close to what the actual facts (laughs) are So he's, as far as I'm concerned, he is knocking it out of the park. So people should subscribe to his his channel. I, I hope Jimmy hits it big on his his search for social media stardom. Uh, he's got, I mean, everyone has to start somewhere. Those five just became six. So I think he's he's rocketing straight to the top. <laughs> what if like season three of like my adventures of Superman, like season five, like Jimmy is like just an uh, like a social media influencer and like living in a hype house (laughs) (laughs) well here's the thing about jimmy is that i like that he has a camera he's taking pictures sometimes a jimmy olsen doesn't do that anymore i he i mean he still has his camera that's the point like do we know if he's got do we know if like maybe a car will perhaps run it over and then he's just like i guess i gotta pivot to superhero (laughs) so this jimmy olsen uh has a camera is taking pictures but the problem with jimmy sometimes those pictures are a little blurry you yeah. can't do anything with them not so yeah. if he's gonna have a social media presence gotta get those things in focus jimmy gotta be a little bit more high quality than that maybe throw use, a filter on there <laughs> use automatic focus <laughs> use a high uh, shutter speed there you go you got you got it for for su- capturing superman you got to have a, a good shutter speed he's you know he's still starting out he's still finding his way <laughs> Yeah, so Jim, Jimmy Olsen, I like him so far. I think uh, I think he's he's his instincts are good, and I think he's got a really good work ethic. And he seems to work with Lois pretty well. I he think. does, yeah, yeah. I, I I like this version. He's a little bit he's a little bit like like loud and abrasive <laughs> but i but by the end of like episode two i was like okay i think this jimmy has like kind of won me over he's very funny as well so he's kind of like the comic relief of the series so far i was immediately on his side i was like <laughs> Rebecca he... was like it is a conspiracy <laughs> it does go all the way to the top i am with you jimmy i agree uh mind the gap says uh when jimmy becomes a daily planet employee all his videos will be sent to private yeah, he he might have to to give. He up. might have he, to walk back some of the, some of those things that he said <laughs> when he gets hired. Although it's not looking good for them so far, given how much they've already annoyed Barry White 
But then I got, I mean, they redeemed themselves at the end, but uh, initially they, not, they not did, great. They did, but Perry sends, uh, Perry, I think, does something very unethical. Um, and I guess before we talk about, well, I guess, yeah, maybe we should talk about it here. So Perry gets the picture. Jimmy does get one of the pictures of Superman in focus. And it's it's a pretty great picture. He looks like he's saving the day, got the suit on, looks good, it's in focus. And then uh, he says, this picture, you know, stop the presses. This is going to be front page. And then it comes out. Who's who's the byline? Cat Grant, Ronnie Troop, and Steve Lombard. Not Clark I, Kent, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen. I know. So I, I was like, okay, I can forgive that they're not going to give, like, a giant major story byline to a bunch of interns. But, like... Did they really not credit them in any way? There should be like a story credit. And at the very least, that a was photo Jimmy's credit. photo that yeah. Jimmy took. Like I could see like handing off the information to a senior writer to write the story. But that photo, there's like no handing off like to a senior photographer to retake a photo of something in action. So like Jimmy should have gotten sole credit for that photo. So Jimmy, again, after his class action lawsuit against YouTube, Jimmy's going, <laughs> Jimmy should go right for Barry White. That I, I think he cool. could really, I think he could take the daily planet down on this one. Cause that, I thought that was unethical. Uncool. Even though, even though I liked the cat grant nod, another Supergirl reference here, which I love that. I was like, Ooh, cat grant exists in this world. Maybe we'll see her soon. We could see her. Maybe she and Lois will have an interaction. Uh, but yeah, I didn't like that he did not credit them at all. That Me I neither. I thought that was bad. They should get a credit somewhere on that story. It's not like it came out of nowhere. It came from them almost dying <laughs> <laughs> several times. Um, Marcy Dalmatian in the chat asks, uh, did Perry White in the series remind anyone of Lawrence Fishburne? He absolutely did. Um, and yeah, that's I, like immediately who I thought of. I was like, oh, they're they're doing the Lawrence Fishburne version of Barry White. Yeah, and one of the things I did like about the visuals of this show is that they had a recurring gag that would happen where Perry would get upset about something with the the three of them in some in some uh, in some iteration where it was like either Lois and Jimmy or it was just Lois by herself or it was Clark and Lois and Jimmy um, where he would get upset with them and he would slam the door and they would be like in the hall, like on the other end of the door and he would slam it. And it was like a recurring visual gag that would happen. I liked that. I thought it was a nice touch that it was, you know, it was kind of something that they were uh, using as a repetitive way to uh, show what that kind of effect had on those, those interns and showing them in different uh, combinations I thought was really smart. So the Barry stuff I liked mostly except for the unethical passing along of the bylines. Um, but uh, the only other character, I don't, th I think we talked about everybody else, but we haven't talked about Lois really. So uh, I Morgan, mean, best for last for sure. What did you think of this version of Lois Lane? I really liked this version of Lois Lane. I thought she was so fun. Uh, I thought she had like the very Lois Lane gumption. Sure, she's just an intern and she's acting like she is a full-time staff writer. But like, <laughs> listen, sometimes you got to fake it to make it. Uh, and she was definitely doing that. I thought that she was was very like a really fun Lois Lane. She's she's in there. She's getting stories. She's got the news kid legion giving her tips. Uh, she's like on the ground doing a lot of like reporting, trying to figure out uh, 
the stories, what's happening. She's the only one who figures out that there has been a giant robot <laughs> related burglary. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I thought that this was a really fun uh, version of Lois Lane. I really liked her immediately. Yeah, I thought uh, this one was uh, good in terms of she was uh, contrasted with Clark. Clark gets up uh, the morning of the first day at the internship and he's like, I'm just going to be normal. And she gets up and she's like, I'm going to be extraordinary. <laughs> and everything is uh, the total opposite. He breaks the alarm clock because he smashes it so hard. And she's over there and she can't turn her alarm clock off, even though she keeps banging it. Um, so I liked the um, the contrast uh, between the two of them the day that they meet each other. And I, I thought that that was a, a good way to show that she was somebody who wanted that extraordinary life and wanted those uh, unusual things and wanted those adventures. And he was just trying to be somebody who was trying to play it, uh, play it safe and, and be on the lowdown. So uh, I thought that was a good <laughs> um, contrast between the two of them. And what I liked about this Lois is I got really mad at her initially because she lied to, uh, she lied to Clark and Jimmy about, uh, she says, she tells them that Perry wants them to go investigate, even though he said not to, and she lies to them about it and gets them kind of in some trouble. And, I was like, oh, I don't like that about Lois. Why would she do that? And then she fesses up about it uh, later on, I think in the second episode where she says, I'm sorry. And she confesses that she was selfish. And I thought that was nice that she um, uh, came clean about that and really uh, owned what she had done to them. So I thought that that was that was really good. That that won me over to this this Lois Lane. Yeah, I like that they they allow Lois in the first, you know, the first episode or or two to be to kind of make mistakes because she she does, you know, she's kind of using them, uh, at least initially uh, to get her story and and doing so in a way that's not really ethical. and It's like also not really nice. Uh, she has them thinking that this has all been blessed by Perry and it absolutely has not. <laughs> uh, but I think that she definitely, you know realizes the error of her ways and starts to really care about Jimmy and Clark and realize it's not okay for to like, you know, string them along just because she wants to get a story. So I like, it's very, you know, vintage Lois Lane to kind of go after the story at all costs. But I like that she learns a lesson, which is that, you know, it, you know, you have to treat other people with respect. You have to, you know, you can't just be like, oh yeah, no, everyone wants us to go after this story, uh, us interns. And then she puts them in like pretty serious danger by doing that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she sort of puts herself in the story a little bit. She kind of becomes the story, which is also a classic Lois Lane thing to do to <laughs> become the story <laughs> in some ways. Uh, but I thought, I thought she was handled pretty well. And I thought the fact that she wanted the public to know the truth, she wanted uh, people to know just in case they needed to get help or they needed safety. I thought that that was uh, good for her. Even, even a young Lois Lane to be thinking about the public and thinking about other people uh, when she, cause that's, that's kind of why Lois should be a journalist is not necessarily for the fame of the fortune, but because she cares about the people of Metropolis. And I thought even with this version of young Lois, um, she is caring about other people, even though she kind of goes about it the wrong way. Her heart's in the right place that she wants other people to be safe and protected. Um, so I thought that that was good. 
Um, I wasn't as crazy about the meet cute between Clark and Lois. Kind of thought it was like, like really they meet at a convenience store over some yeah, donuts. Yeah, that wasn't as exciting as it could have been for sure. Is is that like an anime thing? Is that more of a trope for not, that? Not genre? really. I mean, I feel like like everything there are meat cutes everywhere so like anime is no different than any other like romantic comedies like there's always gonna be a meat cute the donut shop was i feel like a kind of an uninspiring meat cute location you i mean and i would say that like in my in the animes that i've watched it's usually like way their meat cutes are like way more extreme <laughs> like you know somebody is like bumping into somebody else and they're like hey watch it or something like that it's um the just kind of bumping into each other in a donut shop did seem like i mean we could try a little harder here i guess maybe it plays into clark wanting to be normal and so like yeah. him going to a donut shop and getting breakfast maybe that's kind of a normal thing for him to do yeah but, that's true that is a good point but i was kind of i i think uninspired is a good word for it i, I didn't think it was i don't know yeah they could have worked a little harder at that one it was cute but I don't know. I kind of feel like with Clark and Lois, it should be a little more exciting or a little more romantic or something like that. The fact that like this lady who runs the shop puts a bib on him and he's in there ordering three dozen donuts. And <laughs> I, I don't know. It was, it was fine. It was not my favorite uh, meet cute of Clark and Lois, but I guess it plays into that idea that he just wants to be a normal guy doing a normal thing on his normal first day at the daily planet. So um, I really uh, ended up liking this version of Lois Lane. I think all three of the kind of the main characters, Clark, uh, Lois, and Jimmy, I thought were all very good and played off each other really well. Um, and even to the fact that like uh, Jimmy was picking up on the fact that Clark liked Lois and Lois liked Clark. I thought that was a pretty cute little dynamic there uh, where he was sort of encouraging them to, <laughs> to like for Lois to put Clark's uh, contact information in, uh, her phone with the little hearts by his name and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was kind of cute. That was very cute. Yeah, so. I, I like the the relationship that they're starting to build between Clark and Lois in the show that you can tell that he really has a, a big crush on her and that she's starting to, you know, have a little bit of a crush on him. I think that the way that they're building the Clark and Lois dynamic is fun and I'm excited to see how it like progresses as the season goes on. Yeah, I think all of those uh, characters have been handled pretty well. And I'm curious to see what happens with them in terms of the Daily Planet. Are they going to focus more on them at the Daily Planet? Or are they going to have uh, adventures outside of that? I, I wonder how much of the Daily Planet is going to factor in to the uh, to each episode. So I'd be curious to see how that goes. Because I guess the premise of the show is that they're interns. So they, they must have, you know, uh, things that they have to do at the Daily Planet. So I don't know if we'll be seeing them do uh, uh, errands and scanning papers and doing uh, making coffee or not. But um, but there is a lot of Daily Planet stuff that I would be interested in. So um, I guess uh, overall thoughts, Morgan, what did you think about this new show? And are you excited to see more of it? Yeah, no, I really liked it. I I mean, I went in with like expectations that this was going to be pretty enjoyable. I'd seen a lot of people on social media talking about how fun it was. Uh, but I actually even liked it more than I thought I would. I love the uh, 
the comic book callouts, the news kid legion was insane. I still not over it. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that they used live wire already, even though she wasn't the Leslie Willis of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like they're, they're doing a really good job of mixing, um, some great stuff from the comics with like their anime inspiration and like really showing that like it's not just the art style like they've watched a lot of anime and they're taking other things from anime they're doing you know the magical girl stuff but they did also like the you know his fa- his first uh, villain is a bunch of giant robots very anime so i'm excited to see where they take some of those inspirations in future episodes like throughout the season i think that they set up an interesting sort of um, uh, mystery with like what's going on with like the suicide squad and like Amanda Waller and, and, um, and Deathstroke. So I think that they've got a lot of really good pieces in place. And I think the, the central characters of like Clark and Lois and Jimmy are really good. So I'm excited to see what that trio gets into, what kind of trouble they uh, continue to get into all season. Um, Like, killing slowly killing perry white (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh ended up liking this more than i thought i would i think it's because of there were a lot of like supergirl and supergirl radio connections that uh made me really excited but one of the things i think really sold me on this version of superman is that i think it's honoring all kinds of different versions of superman so it's not just saying you know here's our version of superman and and you know, if you like Henry Cavill's Superman, you're not going to like this. Or if you like Tyler Hecklin's Superman, you're not going to like this. Or or if you're a Christopher Reeve Superman fan, you can't come and enjoy this because this is not your thing. It's To me, it's inviting all versions of Superman into it because there's a moment where he saves a kitten out of a tree that feels very Christopher Reeve. The stuff with the Kryptonian uh, angle feels very man of steel to me yeah that's Um, what it reminded me of too is like the man of steel like action jarell (laughs) uh there's even a moment uh where martha is helping uh clark with his superman suit like adding trunks and a belt and it felt very lois and clark the new adventures of superman yes that's what exactly what that reminded me of in like the uh the old lois and clark tv show where martha is like we gotta get you a costume Because there's a moment where it felt like she was going to say that line about uh, she says something in that show about like, well, nobody's going to be looking. uh, Nobody's going to be looking at your face or something like (laughs) like talking about his eyewear and his secret identity. And Mm -hmm. it felt like almost in that scene, she was going to say that. Um, So it felt it felt like uh, felt like Dean Cain's Superman. So I liked the idea that it felt like it was this. Superman show that was inviting everyone, no matter what Superman, you know, which Superman is your favorite, all versions of Superman are welcome. All fans of Superman are welcome. And for me, that that makes a difference. That makes me feel good because it uh, it makes it, it encourages me to embrace this new version of Superman because it, it feels like it's honoring other versions of Superman that came before it. Uh, okay. Well, I guess before we go, I have one snap judgment for us to make. It's a really important one. It's going to be a very, uh, thought provoking question. So I feel like we should, uh, make this snap judgment before we wrap it up. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. So, okay, get ready. 
<laughs> Which of the News Kid Legion do you want more information about? Oh, oh, this is tough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a kid known as Big Words who does the puzzle for the News Kid, kid newspaper, uh, the News Kid newspaper, or Patty who does the cartoons, but only because Flip's mom says they have to be nice to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Flip. Flip says. Uh, Flip the uh, the woman of business, Flip Johnson, who is the leader of the News Kid Legion, uh, 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 outlines everybody who works for the News Kid uh, newspaper. Flip is the editor. Big Words does the puzzle. Gabby does the op-ed. And Patty does the cartoons. So I guess I want to know why they don't like Patty. Yeah, it, it seems What's like going on with Patty. It, Flip, it seems like Flip is not a big fan of Patty. They would. It seems like they would dismiss Patty, except because Flip's mom said they have to be nice to her. So I want to know more about Patty. I want to know what her deal is. Yeah, what's Patty's deal? Like, why do they have beef? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is. That's a good. I don't know though. I mean, a kid named uh, whose nickname is Big Words. I gotta know. <laughs> I gotta know more about Big Words. How did he get into words? Why? <laughs> How does he find his inspiration for his crossword puzzles? Uh, I want to know more. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I got to know about big words. Are, are you going to uh, stay with that choice? Uh, because uh, Patty seemed to be crawling on the ceiling and up the that, walls. That is true. So but Patty, does, that, does that change Patty your decision? Is a, a light night crawler. But, <laughs> and that is intriguing. But again, he's really into words. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, it it would be interesting to uh, to know how he does the puzzle. What what yeah. is his inspiration his for those inspiration. puzzles? I, I would I would turn to big words and I would say, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> no judgments on your snap judgments. All right, now it is time to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV podcast plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify. Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you are in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page now see here supergirl radio is part of the dc tv podcast network so if you want to listen to other shows we've got the flash podcast legends of tomorrow podcast the lituation room dc on hbo max podcast star girl podcast superman and lois radio green lantern podcast the sandman podcast dc tv after dark and justice league dark podcast it's disappointing how quickly 
those plugs went Every, out of date all the time they're just always yeah. kind of out of date <laughs> just uh, because they change things so quickly before we move on to the t public store i wanted to make sure that we brought up this comment that uh missed in the uh, live chat uh mind the gap points out that jimmy olsen's channel is oh. called Flamebird, which is his superhero name in candor from the silver age that's a great call uh yeah. call out for jimmy but also supergirl has used the identity as Flamebird. Ooh. Uh, so uh flame bird could also apply to supergirl so i just wanted to make sure we mentioned that uh before we got out of here so yeah I don't know. I don't know if Supergirl will show up. Does that mean maybe a Supergirl cameo? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like she maybe should show up, especially with all this Kryptonian stuff. That it's his Clark cousin. <laughs> maybe <laughs> she can tell him who he is. Yeah, she can be like, listen, I can teach you Kryptonian. It's not that big of a deal. What if she shows up and it's just her boots is like revenge for Superman. <laughs> for Supergirl. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Well, I guess we should tell folks about the uh, T-Public store. We have some My Adventures with Superman related designs in the DC TV podcast T-Public store that we would love to suggest. Yeah, we've got some Live and Wired with Leslie Willis t-shirts. We've got Daily Planet stickers. We've got guardian mugs uh we've got uh mugs hoodies t-shirts bags sometimes tote bags notebooks stickers all kinds of stuff so if you're interested in some new merch uh you can check out the dctv podcast t public store i'm actually i wore my live and wired with leslie willis shirt uh for this live stream <laughs> nice. to uh coordinate with um our discussion of livewire in my adventures of superman so definitely check out the store if you need some new stuff uh well we would also like to thank our legion of super sponsors for supporting the supergirl radio patreon these people are michael Anne marie yvonne quinn nicola abby Mer Miriam, nicole brian ethan danny majuba and majuba and if you'd like to become a legion of super sponsor you can go to patreon.com supergirl radio well if you would like to keep in touch with me uh you can find me on instagram at the derby kid where i post the occasional picture i also have a youtube channel that you can find at youtube.com slash duck milk prod uh where i promise i will be getting back to doing some content i still need to do a video on the full circle event where i got to meet and talk to Zack snyder so i'll be uh writing a script and talking about that story. And then I'll get to doing some live streams with some other uh, Snyderverse fans that I met there. So I'll be uh, trying to get uh, to where I can hear some other people's story and why they like those films so much. Uh, so uh, I'm just kind of behind. It was doing a lot of traveling in June. And so now, <laughs> now I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> uh, and speaking of traveling, I started a travel blog with my brother. So if you want to see where we've been and what we've been up to, uh, you can follow at Oasis Broom on social media on all of the platforms, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, or on YouTube. Need to get some YouTube content up there. Uh, but hopefully we'll have more subscribers than Jimmy Olsen's uh, Flame Bird channel. And uh, <laughs> can make, get more engagement than Jimmy but Olsen's he, channel. But he got so many likes. <laughs> he did get a lot of likes. Good for him. Uh, but yeah, so you can uh, check some of that out. If you go to Oasis Broom, you can, uh, you'll start to see some stuff from uh, 
my time when I went to uh, visit Morgan. So you can check that out over there. That's true. I saw a beautiful reel that you uh, that you created about the the car show in my town that happened to be going on that weekend when you visited that we uh, we got to walk down uh, and it looks great. I'm, I'm like, listen, those car show people, they should like reach out to you and like, <laughs> that in promotions and stuff. Yeah, I have that up. And then uh, there will be a reel about uh, grounds for sculpture. Ooh, in there, which is pretty fun. fun. So yeah, so there's some stuff for that area, but uh, we've got s- stuff from all of our travels up there. So if you like seeing uh, other places, that's a good one to follow. I personally love it. It's one of my favorite follows. I'm like, <laughs> Thank you. What's going on? Where did they go in Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> Checks in the mail. Thank you. Anytime, anytime. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legendary Ladies podcast, where we've been talking about a bunch of different things. Um, and our latest episode was about, uh, we were doing what we were calling Legendary lists and we did one on our top five uh avatar the last airbender and cora um episodes so our patrons asked us if we would talk more about avatar and cora and we were like a challenge accepted uh but we're also planning on uh, all going to see barbie so we'll oh yeah barbie movie so if you're excited for as everyone is as everyone's hyped for barbie heimer weekend <laughs> Feel free to join us. Uh, you can find us on um, on YouTube, uh, The Legendary Ladies. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, at The Legendary Ladies. And you can also uh, find us on uh, TikTok. But I think we are The Legendary Ladies podcast over there. But my memory is bad. So speaking of TikTok, yeah, I think a, a while back we said something about if Supergirl Radio got to 1,000 followers oh, no. on Instagram. I'm scared. Are we, we close? Start a tic- we would start a TikTok. We're, we're pretty close. So oh, no. if you're listening to oh, this. Oh, no. I'm scared. <laughs> if you're listening to this or if you're uh, watching us live, follow us on Instagram at Supergirl Radio. Then we will close. we will talk it. We will be on the talk. <laughs> you know, you know, as the kids say, we're going to like totally talk it. It's gonna be total talk time. Uh, <laughs> TikTok is still kind of a mystery to me. Like I upload the videos and I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, I don't know if we need to hold ourselves to that. But if we get to a thousand, I mean, followers, maybe, maybe we should do something. But maybe. yeah so that is where you can follow us so make sure you're uh checking out the legendary ladies one of my personal favorite podcasts so i'm very excited about your new episodes well i think that is going to do it for this episode of supergirl radio but until next time i'm still rebecca johnson And I'm still Morgan Glennon, and we hope Jimmy Olsen finds those super intelligent gorillas that France has been hiding. McGurk! I love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luthor, boardroom or ballroom. She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just 
Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah!